Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Welcome to episode 93 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, brought to you in association with Fan Hub, where the fans come first. It's been a little while since we recorded. We, we promised we'd be back when a new manager was announced. We probably thought it would be a little bit quicker than, than uh, four weeks, but here we are. Um, new managers on board, a man which I think we all dismissed through the process. We dismissed even when we knew talks were ramping up. Um, probably the biggest factor behind that is, is Juice's previous links with the, our neighbours across the park. But the man in charge, as everyone knows, next season will be will be Rafa Benitez. And Frank, um, our guest today, Frank McKenna, is, is on the show t- here today. And I'm going to come to you first, Frank. What are, what are your opinions on Rafael Benitez taking over from Carlo Ancelotti? Well, I think like everyone's surprised because although his name has been mentioned with the job on many occasions in the past, I don't think we've ever taken the links seriously, uh, largely because of those links with, with Liverpool. Yeah. Um, now, uh, this is a true story. After Martinez's sacking, um, Benitez was very strongly linked with Everton and there was a lot of Twitter chat then uh, about it would be a betrayal of the club and it'd be a disgrace to appoint somebody like that and all those sort of things uh, that were being said um, it might have even been the Moyes departure anyway one of those two had gone and I actually text um, Robert Elston who was the chief executive at the time and said Take the notice. If you can get Benitez, go and get Benitez. Because at that time, I considered Benitez to be one of the top coaches in the world. And I think it's daft that we will consider his past links with Liverpool and his jibe about small club. I mean, let's let's face it, managers say things like that in the heat of the moment all the time. Um, I think that's a daft way of approaching uh, develop and build in a successful football club. So whether that was seven, eight years ago, um, I would have certainly taken Rafa Benitez then and would have thought that that was a coup for the club. At 61 years of age, uh, with the guy having spent a couple of years in China um, and you know not necessarily covering himself in glory uh, with that particular job, don't know what the circumstances were, to be honest, in terms of whether the club was financially uh, buoyant. Um, and then also a look at his record of, you know, when I think of Rafa Benitez, I think of a manager who is always complaining about not having enough money to spend. 
And that's from his Liverpool days. You know, you can go back as far as Liverpool. He go through Newcastle. He was the same as he was always having a go at the owners. Not enough money, not enough cash, not enough to invest. So my concern about Rafa Benitez has absolutely zero to do with his links to Liverpool Football Club. In fact, if we were getting the manager they had, I would absolutely be welcoming him with open arms because he did a terrific job for, for them. Uh, and if he does as well for us, I will be delighted. But as I say, my concern is that he's he's not that coach anymore. He's not as good uh, a marquee signing as he would have been seven or eight years ago. Uh, and therefore, I just hope uh, that he proves me wrong or fear that this could be, you know, it's certainly Mishiri's biggest gamble. Potentially, it could be Mishiri's biggest mistake. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, totally, totally take on board what, you, what you're saying there. I think, I think a lot of people were in a similar, a similar camp period. If you go back five, six years ago and a bit longer, and we, and he was linked to the club, I think a lot more people would have been on board when his name was first brought up. Um, I think the the overwhelming feeling when when we first heard his name uh, a few weeks ago was was obviously it's just it's solely because it suits suits him. Whether it's money wise, the fact uh, time and time again he lives over the water, so it's great for him and his family, and that that should be not be a reason for appointing appointing a manager. Um, as as the weeks went on, we were hearing more and more that I mean, I think he got spoken to five times. All, all told, which is a lot, a lot of conversations to be had. Uh, but apparently, he impressed, he impressed Marcel Brands. Obviously, Farhad Mishia, he was was taking a bit of counsel from uh, Usmanov and, and Abramovich, and you know those who'd, who'd worked with him in the past, and they were all quite, quite complimentary. Um, and it's got to this point now where, despite the banners that we saw, um, despite obviously the reaction on social media. And things like that. He's he's now in place. Uh, but Lee, I, I say Lee now. Those people, people obviously can't see what I'm looking at here. I wasn't sure whether Lee had come on on the call today or John Mahano had rocked up with what he's got on. Um, so I'll make sure that a video, a video goes out by the way, so you can see this what he's got on his head. But anyway, that's that's another story. But but Lee, Lee, I'm coming to you. What 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 are your thoughts now that he's in place? You know, we are, uh, are you on board? Uh, are you not on board? Are you, are you in the camp of those people who, who are just waiting for him to, to to fail, or are you wishing, in some cases, some people wishing for him to fail from the off? Yeah, it's interesting to hear what Frank was saying there because, I, like like most fans, I was quite averse to um, the appointment. You know, the closer it got to it, the more I was like, "What's Mashiri doing here? This could be a massive own goal if he's not careful." Um, you know, but it was a bit of a merry-go-round, wasn't it? I mean, looking at it now in hindsight, and then I've I've listened to quite a few little podcasts, read read a few articles this week, trying to find a bit more about Benitez the man, Benitez the coach, um, and you can start to see the reasoning behind why they've appointed him. Do you know what I mean? You can start to build that block together, and I think I would say from Mashiri's perspective, he's definitely what I would say maybe a safe pair of hands, Rafa. Um, compared to the guys who were linked with it, like your Potters, obviously we were fleetingly linked with Goldshire, who everyone was on board with as this sort of, you know, real superstar French coach that's done wonders with Lille, won the title with them, things like that. But if you were an owner of the club and that's his asset really, and, you know, it's, the key is to protect that asset, you know, in terms of going to this new stadium, they can't afford for us to get potentially relegated. Not that I think that could happen, but that's, you know, that's in his thinking as well. Do we take the risk on a Potter? or a Gaultier, have we got the players to play their style of football as well? Do you know what I mean? Because that could take years to turn that around. So the more you think about it, the more you think, well, you know what? It kind of makes sense. And, and you know, fair, fair dues to Rafa as well. I mean, he's got he's got a pair of cojones to take on the job. Do you know what I mean? Because he'd, he'd have known, you know, we've seen all the bloody bed sheets, as disgraceful as some of them were. But, you know, fair dues from to taking it on. Um, and, you know, we all wish him success. Let's be honest. We've got to get behind the manager now. He's our he's our manager, um, and you know I, I do think there is a job left in him. Um, he worked wonders with Valencia, that got him the job at Liverpool. And let's be honest, overall he did a fantastic job there. Ever since then, he's you know if you are going to point the can at him a little bit, I agree with Frank. I, I'm not really that particularly bothered about the Liverpool links. 
you know, I'd take Klopp and, or Brendan Rodgers right now, you know, if, if, if they were, if they were available. So, you know, forget that idea. Um, you just tend to wonder, you know, is, is, as he sort of, is he over the hill a little bit now? You know, is, are his best years behind him? But I do think if he's allowed to sort of, you know, work with brands, which I hope he does do, by the way, he's known to be a bit of a control freak. I hope they can work together and obviously, but, you know, because brands is certainly stamping his authority on the club now with the youth system, with the scouting system, with some of the players he signed already, you know, like for your Godfrey's and people like that and your brands weight. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, it could potentially work. The, the only worry is, and I'm sure we're probably all in agreement with this, is if we get off to a bad start, you know, suddenly, you know, the tension and the toxicity could come back into the ground and that's not what you want. Uh, I'm sure we could ride that through, but I mean, you know, for me, he needs to get off to a strong start to sort of get the fans on board. Um, it will help if we sign a few, a few top players in the window with pace and power, because we need that, you know, even whether Benitez is the manager or not, we need pace in that side. Um, so for me, you know, it's, it's a risk. Of course, it's a risk. Any managerial appointments now is a risk. We've had five managers in the last six years and Brands told us that the other day, didn't they? So, um, but, you know, look, I just pray to God, you know, we, we can keep a manager there more than two or three years now and sort of build something because we can't keep chopping and changing. And I know this one was out of our control uh, a little bit. And let's be honest, we're all probably a little bit gutted that Carlo's gone and the way he went. But like you just said off air then, Frank, look, when Real Madrid come knocking on your door, whether you're a manager or a player, most most people are going. Mm. So um, we are where we are now and we've got to move on. Um, but look, overall, as I said, in summary, I think it's a safe pair of hands. Um, one thing Rafa is, he's, he's, he's known for being a real stern character. He's known for being an absolute workaholic. He absolutely loves the game. If you listen to people who you know, know him personally, he lives and breathes it. He's the guy that's still in the club, you know, in the training ground at eight o'clock at night and things like that, still trying to work things out. So, you know, if he can bring that work ethic and that sort of like almost, shall I say, sort of, you know, sure footedness about him really to the club, because we do need someone like that who's not scared to make a decision or not scared to push the board for, for things like that. So, you know, it, it could turn out to, to work out for us, but let's just pray to God we, we can get some continuity now and, you know, we have a decent window and then we can hopefully have, have a good start to the season. Yeah, I think the interesting thing, Mike, is that, you know, Benitez might actually bring the thing that I think Everton need most of all, which is a cultural shift. Yeah. Uh, now, I think we all hoped and expected that, given time, Ancelotti will do that. Um, but from what I've read, like Lee, you know, as you tend to do when you get a new sign and a new manager, you, you do a bit of background checking, you do a bit of reading about them. And, you know, what tends to come to the fore in terms of Rafa's approach is that he does like to, to be involved in all aspects of the club and I didn't quite get that um, with, with Carlo, uh, I think he was very much first team and everything else was left to, to other people uh, and I think if Benitez can shift the mentality uh, across the club then that would absolutely be uh, a, a main a major positive for us because as I say I think that for many years now Everton's biggest problem has been that mentality uh, lack of strength uh, the, the uh, we got a couple of victories last year away from home at clubs where we haven't won this century you know just ridiculous that statistic for a club of our uh, stature so I think Benitez can potentially bring that I think the other thing that's disappointing me uh, as these managers come and go is the fact that Duncan Ferguson and David Unsworth decide to stay where they are. Um, because, you know, there's this clamour uh, amongst Evertonians to give Duncan the job. And listen, we, we've all got an emotional affection for, for Duncan Ferguson because of what he'd done for the club when he was a player. He was a talisman at a time when there weren't many of them in the team. Um, but for me, if he wants to to manage Everton Football Club one day, he's got to go and prove his, himself somewhere else. You know, he's got to go to a championship club or a lower uh, Premier League club if he can get a job there and actually prove that he can be a number one. Um, same with Unzi. You know, if Unzi's got ambitions to do any more than manage uh, Everton's aged under-23 squad, then he needs to move on. 
And as I say, my disappointment, and again, I think this is a misreading of the Evertonian fan base, this idea that, oh, well, it's okay, Rafa's coming in, but we're keeping Duncan and we're keeping Unzu, so everyone's going to be happy. It's like, it really doesn't bother me a jot who the assistant manager is, who sat on that bench with the manager. If we're winning, game in, game out, that doesn't matter to me one jot. If we're getting beat, Duncan Ferguson sat alongside him, ain't going to save Rafa Benitez, is it? So, um, you know, again, I think in terms of that psyche of the club, that culture, that thing that, you know, you've got to have loads of ex-Evertonians around the training ground, otherwise it's not really Everton. I think that's for the birds, and, and we need to move on from that. And maybe um, Benitez, in other areas of the club, can actually... Uh, bring an influence that does progress as far as that's concerned. And I think that would be usually important uh, and a, a, a huge positive for us, actually. Again, like you, Lee, I absolutely appreciate what you're saying. A few defeats and we're going to hear, you know, all the moans and groans that we we were getting, let's face it, with Ancelotti towards the end of last season, weren't we? And, mm. you know, multiply that by 20 with with Rafa but again that's where the owner's got to say strong and he's got to say no I've I've said that Benitez is my man we've given him a three-year contract and unless something absolutely disastrously goes wrong whereby you were fighting a relegation battle for example then he's here to stay so get behind him and I think as supporters we've got to have a word with ourselves um, because you know we drove Martinez out of the club and then, you know, again, there's gangs of people saying <laughs> over the last few weeks, let's bring Martinez back. You, know, you yeah. couldn't make it up, could you, some of this shit? So, you know, the fans have, have really, as I say, I think got to have a word with themselves. I remember when Goodison Park was a fantastic place to go. You know, it was so buoyant. It was, so, And that was when, you know, Moisey was the manager. We hadn't won anything for years. Um, we never looked really as though we were going to win anything most of those seasons. But you didn't have that toxicity that apparently exists now. And I think that's come from the fact, bizarrely, that we've got, you know, we're, we're relatively wealthy now, aren't we? So it's mm -hmm. like, oh, well, we've got loads of money, so we should just be winning every game. Well, unfortunately, football doesn't work like that. And the supporters have to get behind the team, have to get behind the manager and we've got to demonstrate a level of patience that's been sadly absent from the supporter base for many, many years now. Uh, and, and that really does frustrate me because we're not doing ourselves any favours. And we're getting ourselves a reputation as well, actually. You know, it's like, oh, Moan and Everton, the team aren't doing well after 15 minutes. They get booed off. You know, that, that wasn't Everton. That wasn't Goodison Park years ago. But all of a sudden it is. And I wonder where that's come from. Um, so, as I say, I hope that Benitez is successful. But even if he doesn't get off to a flying start, um, I'm sure Mashiri, and I hope Mashiri and Brands and the rest of them say, Rafa's our man, we're sticking with him. And the one thing that we know about Benitez, because the fact he signed the contract, is that he won't let that get to him. He won't let a negative reaction from the fan base get to him, because if that was going to bother him, Let's face it, he wouldn't have signed the contract. There's other clubs who would have took him on, that's for sure. I totally agree with that, mate. I think I think um the accusations of us as a club of being too nice, I agree with. You know, if you want to win things, you've got to be ruthless, haven't you? You know, I mean mm. I agree with your Duncan point there as well. A lot of people are clamoring for Duncan. And like you said, you know, we all love him, you know, uh, as a guy, and even that small stint he did as a manager, you know, he got us buoyant before Carlo came in. You can't play football like that constantly on emotion where you're just going to outrun your opponents by 5 or 6k. Half your squad would have muscle injuries if you played like that every week. Do you know what I mean? Um, particularly that well, Chelsea won. game comes to yeah. mind. You and he, I mean? he um, won one game, Lee. Yeah. You know, he yeah. won one game. We got knocked out of the League Cup. We drew yeah. it against the poor Arsenal at home. Uh, we got a good point for really nice. Trafford. He made two yeah. substitutions that he changed his mind on. You, you know, again, we, we look at this four-game stint with some sort of blue-tinted spectacles as though it was a fantastic period in the club's history. It, it was, 
he done a half decent job for an inexperienced guy, and he carries us through four matches, as you say, on high emotion. Um, but that doesn't qualify him. I'm sorry to be manager of Everton Football Club. Uh, I wasn't convinced by the Potter link uh, because it reminded me far too much of, of Mike Walker did that. You know, Mike Walker beat Bayern Munich at Munich in a UEFA Cup tie. Uh, and all of a sudden, you know, he was qualified to come to Everton. Well, speak to Neville Southall about Mike Walker's suitability to be manager of Everton Football Club. You know, going from a Brighton to an Everton, that is a, a huge step uh, and one that I wouldn't have been comfortable with. I think that would have been a disaster. Gauthier, again, you know, Lille, yeah, he's done fantastic with. But we've seen Premier League clubs over the years take chances with managers like that. Very few of them have worked out. So in the end, what was left, I thought, realistically, our choice was uh, Nuno, the, the, the lad from Wolves, um, yeah. or actually Benitez. You mentioned a name, Lee, who was never linked with the job, and I'm surprised he wasn't, Brendan Rodgers. Because, uh, again, given what he's done at Celtic, at Leicester, and let's get, again, let's face it, you know, Liverpool and Swansea before that, Brendan Rodgers, for me, would have had the age profile um, and the ambition track record to have been somebody that we should have been seriously considering. Uh, now, whether or not we we made an approach and he just knocked us back. Um, but Brendan Rodgers... I think would have been an absolutely standout choice um, for us. Um, we were linked with Steven Gerrard oh, <laughs> in the early yeah. stages of this. And again, for the same reasons I'd say about Duncan, you know, he's, he's won a league that I could win as a manager. Uh, you, you know, so uh, Steven Gerrard wouldn't have excited me. So well, when you boil it down, despite the fact that he wouldn't have been my first, well, he wouldn't have been my choice, um, it wasn't a, a, a signing that is going to have Evertonians on the edge of the seats in the way that Carlo Ancelotti did. But was he the best person that the board could have appointed at this moment in time? I think you're finding it difficult co to construct an argument that suggests he wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Nuno was one to twenty at one point, wasn't he? Yeah, everyone yeah. thought Nuno was in. Yeah. And 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 obviously, from what we can gather, reading the, the sort of uh, the athletics afterwards, I don't think he he convinced you know Mashiri and Usmanov enough. Mm -hmm. You know, and plus he, he was bringing baggage with him in terms of yeah. the big team, and obviously the links with Mendes as well. They weren't totally happy with. Um, I like him personally as a coach, and you know, I think he I think did a great job at Wolves up until last year when he lost his best players. I like the way he played, I like the way he comes across as a guy. You know, and and he may well do a good job at Tottenham, but yeah, you're right. The more you narrow it down. Um, from what we were led to believe, I think Ken Wright potentially was pushing the Moyes bandwagon a little bit. And apparently, again, if you read the Athletic, they've, they de he delayed signing his, his, his contract at West Ham because he was yeah. waiting the outcome of that. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, it's, 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 at the end of the day, all roads led to Benitez, didn't they, after that, really? Uh, what do you think, Mike? I mean, are you happy overall with the appointment? Or? Um. Like I said earlier on, I mean, he, he certainly wasn't anywhere near the top at the top of my list. I think, I think we all at times are guilty of getting overly emotional. Um, I think it's got worse as the time's gone on because we've been starved of success, and that, that that's where I think the, the Duncan Ferguson talk really comes in. Everyone goes back to that, that game against Chelsea. Listen, what what an atmosphere, what a game, you know. Like like you said before, like, you know, we certainly couldn't play that way week in, week out because the players were breaking down left, right, and centre. <laughs> um and I th I, th I think it was just a case of, well, we've tried, you know, we've tried the the superstar manager and Ancelotti, we've tried an up and coming manager and say Marco Silva, and to a certain extent Roberto Martinez. We we got a name in and Ronald Koeman that we were all on board with. None of that's worked. So we could do a lot worse than getting, as you say, one of our own to, to do the job. And like you said, Frank, I mean, I, I'm a big Duncan Ferguson fan. I love them, man. You know, he, he's given us some some great memories. I think the overriding epic thought on him is he does need to go away and cut his teeth a little bit somewhere, you know, go go to a lower division side and manage. And, you know, what one day if he goes, goes and does that and, and proves him, himself, then, you know, he'd probably have a shot of coming back as, as manager of Everton Football Absolutely. Club and... 
I'm sure we'll be, we'll all be on board with that. Um, I think, you know, yeah, when he was first mentioned, I wasn't particularly happiest. I don't think I'd say I'd, I'd want Billy Tez in. Um, I think it was probably more appealing than other names that we saw. I'd want Benitez over a David Moyes saying, for example. Uh, I'd probably want Benitez over a Potter. And some people might not like that because, you know, they, they think that that Potter coming in would link up quite nicely with, with Marcel Brands. Um, so it, I'd certainly put him above above some names that were mentioned. Eddie Howe, most certainly. I put myself over, over Eddie Howe, to be fair. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's hard because we get, we get really emotional, you know, we, we cannot be happy about it. Um, I'm certainly wouldn't be to, to the extent of putting bed sheets outside, you know, or by his house no. um, and, and things like that with, with, with silly things written on them. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, whoever gets brought in gets gets my my support because why would I want to wish ill on, on my team? Why would I want to go to the game and not want my team to win? I don't get that. I don't personally understand it. People have got their own opinions. I'm not here to, to tell people what to think. They can think for themselves. But I've seen quite a few people who, who aren't going to go to uh, give them the tickets. Yeah. Uh, seen the ticket back. I mean, what's that about? Have you seen yeah, the back? You know, why did you do that? It, it's it's emotional, isn't it? It's it's an emotional thing, football, and um, and I, I, I know why people think that way. I do. I think it's it's almost heart ruling head, and and, and I get it. I, I do get it to a certain extent. I just wouldn't do it. Um, the 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 team that supports, you know, the first game back against Southampton, it could be a full out for the first time in what eighteen months. Mm. You know, you yeah. you, you want to be there. Don't you? You, you, we, we've been through such a a really rough period as a society, as a country, mm. um, as a football club. When you put all, all that together, you, you, you want to be there and support the lads. And, and hopefully, you know, with, like, like, you, like you said, Frank, I think what he says is, is shown, he's, he's certainly got a spine. You know, we don't, mm. get, don't think he's too concerned by what the fans are thinking. I, I read the um, Athletic article this morning, which gives a bit of background to his uh, his techniques, his tactics, how he, how he sort of converses with players. Um, and going going back through some of the jobs he's had, Chelsea probably being the, the most comparable one. He was he was hated when he went to Chelsea, um, and I don't think he particularly cared to to be perfectly honest. He went in to do a job and did a job, and that that's how he views it. So listen, if he can come in and he can almost detach himself from the emotion of Everton and the emotion of of our football club and who knows it could be it could be a positive thing but listen i'm there to support every football club and if he's in charge he's in charge and that's yeah. that's the end of it for me just let's just get on with it can't say I mean, more my, than that to be honest interested to get your thoughts frank my my, my worry is him not, not that we both we've all pretty much agreed it's not the liverpool links right i do agree with you there you know at the end of the day the small club comment was was kind of semi-misinterpreted after the game small club he meant, didn't he, as in like, you know, the, we just defended all game, which let's be fair, we were around that time against Liverpool at Anfield. Um, my slight concern is, is just the style of football. I think Everton's at its best, we're, we're at our best, certainly, you know, in some, some of the peak Moyes era, it's just fast attacking, you know, free flow. You know, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say ticky-tacker, but you know what I mean? Like, it was fast flowing football, wasn't it, where we were putting teams under pressure. Uh, you know, and Pete Moyes' team, you likes of Baines and your Pinars, Arteta's, Cahill's, that was a good side. And I, I just think with Rafa, he's quite a pragmatic coach. You know, he, he had success at Liverpool by basically, you know, being hard to beat and then playing on the counter a little bit. That's my only slight concern with him and the fact that, you know, OK, you could almost throw an argument and say that was the way Ancelotti played with his last season. But that is my slight concern in terms of the way he sets teams up, you know, and he'll quite happily take a 1-0. Something like that. Now, you know, is that a worry? Is that a worry for us as fans? That, that's certainly a worry for me. I don't know about you. Not for me. Uh, I mean, I think that, you know, again, listening to um, some people who know Benitez as well and have watched his career far more carefully than I, I have, have su- suggest that he plays to the strengths of the squad. And so, you know, when Newcastle, for example, were in the Championship, uh, he plays a very attacking, attractive um, brand of football because he could. Uh, you get promoted into the Premier League and inevitably Newcastle were never going to be able to compete uh, in the way that they have in the Championship. And so he, he was flexible enough. And I think actually, you know, again, 
if there was a criticism that we'd have made about Martinez, for example, it was that inability to be flexible in terms of his approach to games. So bringing in a coach who can change the game plan um, for particular matches, uh, I don't think is a bad thing. And listen, for me now, the crucial thing is Everton have got to win something. You know, we've got to win something. We've got to win a trophy, whether that be an FA Cup, a League Cup. Uh, we've got to qualify for Europe. Um, and if we do that by occasionally having to go to um, the, the so-called bigger teams and grind out a point, then so be it. Uh, because what I'm fed up with isn't the, the, the brand of football, which, let's face it, has been crap anyway. Um, it's that point that we're not progressing. You know, we're spending all this cash. Uh, we're bringing in loads of players. Um, and yet, you know, we're 10th in the Premier League last season. In let's face it, what wasn't a particularly great league. So if he can bring a winning mentality to the club uh, that gets us apart and that gets us into Europe, I think the brand of football has got to be seen as a secondary at this moment in time. I think it's more important now. It's got to be a priority for us to actually become a team that's hard to beat, a team that's seen as serious about winning stuff, uh, and a team that hasn't got that soft underbelly that we've been, uh, let's face it, we've, we've had that reputation rightly for seven or eight years now. Um, so if he can change that, I'm not expecting free-flowing football. I don't think we've got the players for that. I think that's going to take another couple of years in terms of recycling the players, some of the... the the dead wood that we have, and then bringing in the right people, getting them settled. Um, but no, for me, Lee, it's not it's not a concern at all. The style of play really isn't. I think he'll he'll play to the team's strengths. I remember Liverpool going to Old Trafford and beating them four um, nil uh, in one game, and and that particular season, I think they were they were beating all comers. They should have won the league that year. Thankfully, they didn't. Um, but you know that, that they were a good team to watch. Um, so I think if he's got the players, if he's got the personnel, he'll play expansive football. But I think his priority, and I think he'll have been told this, you've got to go and try and win us something. Yeah, I think the, the key is he's got to work closely with Brands as well. I, I know Brands divides opinion, but for me, I think he's done a half decent job. Mm. You know, and and I think you know the amount of transfers he's been involved in. You know, he's now starting to show you know the likes of the players he's bringing in. Um, you know, at the right age group. I mean, look at Leicester this week. They've already signed two cracking players for less than 40 million. You know, I mean, perfect age, you know, real talents. They only have to have one or two half decent seasons, and suddenly someone like City or United are coming to sign them for 80 million. That's the model there that Leicester have nailed it at the minute. Leicester really have. And even Villa in the in the window so, so far signing Buendia. You know, I mean, you know, for 30 million, and he's a cracking little player. You know, and and, and this is for me, we we need we need to sort of trust brands in that respect. And whether 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 Benitez, who's known to be a control for he likes to obviously be in control of everything. And obviously he has sometimes upset owners with with the way he is, you know, basically banging their doors down, demanding more more funds or whatever, or falling out like at Newcastle, Napoli, Madrid, things like that. Uh, sometimes that's not a bad thing. You know, you've got you've got to challenge your board. You know what I mean? You don't want to just let them to walk all over you. But he has to work closely with brands. Uh, I know brands has come out and said my job is to support the manager. Um, hopefully, you know, he wasn't present the other day and loads of people were talking about it already, weren't they? But he, apparently he was in the Netherlands mm. and, he, and he was isolating when he got back. He'd been over there, I think, you know, potentially trying to get this done free steal over the line. Um, but for me, those two have to work together. They have to be able to work together to take the club forward as well. Because you can start to see it now. I mean, uh, I think Unsworth came out the other day and said himself, what Braden said when he first came in is now what we're seeing. It's coming to fruition now. With the under 23s, he said a lot of the players now that are going to be playing for them are going to be 17, 18, 19, and not you know 26 years old and playing for the under 23s and trying to win a Mickey Mouse League. You know what I mean? So yeah. hopefully we'll start seeing that as well. I think the th I mean touching on Mar uh, Marcel Brown's there, Rafa Mises did say in the interview didn't he, that he he's spoken to him and. He's presented as in Brandon's presented the, the transfer plans um, for for this summer. So there's got to be a lot of trust there uh, between between Benitez and Brands to ensure that the right players come in. So if, if they're being recommended by Brands, 
then that's got to be taken on board. And it's that, that really is important because although there's going to be an acceptance that, yeah, okay, we're not quite starting again, but we need to allow a bit of time for him to get, it, get a squad together. You know, the, the basis of, of the side that was brought in and brought together for Carlo Ancelotti last season is bar probably Hamas Rodriguez going to be there next for the start of next season. So we've got a basis there on our side, and Marcel Brands is, is, should have and will have names, positions, etc. that we need to strengthen in that he will have presented to Benito. So, so the trust has got to be there from day one. And, and Marcel Brands was keen to, to sort of express that in his quote where he said, you know, he can trust me. Basically, that's the most important thing. The, the integrity um, between the two of us, is, you know, it, it's got to be there and the trust has got to be there. So they've got to be on board with each other to, to make to make it work. But it's, uh, you know, like, like I said, you know, we, we've, we fell in love with our last manager. You know, the, the fact that he was, he loved Crosby and, you know, he was he was such a, a nice, charming man, and we all, we all fell in love with Carlo Ancelotti. So now, you know, if people are too on board with, with these, it might not be a bad thing. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe as I say, go to the other end of the uh, the, the scale there, and maybe maybe it'll work out for us. Um, but as I said, is what it is. wasn't It wasn't my first choice. Certainly wasn't my choice really at all. It's done. Let's let's get on with it. You know, let's. I'm sick and tired of, of having conversations about your managers every eighteen months. You know, let's just get on with it, and hopefully it brings us brings us some success. Um, and we and we go into, and it's been been great news this week. And I'll, I'll come to you first, Frank. We move into Bramley Moor in a, in a much better position because, as we've all heard, uh, end of this month is July the twenty sixth. Uh, work will commence on site. Everton take over the site. Fantastic news that that is is going ahead. Um, what are your thoughts, Frank? Because obviously, with the work that you do in Liverpool, obviously local business and things like that, how positive is this going to be for the city of Liverpool? It massively. I mean, it will bring um, to an area that's been in the doldrums, you know, North Liverpool for for, for over three decades now, a huge boost. In, it lacked as a catalyst for so much. Uh, potential investment, not just the stadium, of course, but for development of commercial space, for residential, there's new hotels going to pop up there. There's then opportunity uh, and potential for uh, other leisure facilities to start to develop. So it's just a a great thing for the city. And, you know, in terms of the, the stadium itself, I think probably in the minority of Evertonians that have been very confident that this was going to happen. Um, you know, for all the things that you can criticise uh, the ownership for. And I think there are things that you can start to criticise them for now. Uh, naivety around um, recruitment being the, the main one, actually. Um, if you actually look at the way in which they have constructed this deal, um, then it's been really detailed. It's been very professional. They've done things that I don't think any other company that was investing in Liverpool would A, be prepared to do or B, necessarily have to do. And I'll come back to why that's important in a moment. But I think the other thing that we've got to give them great credit for is the fact that they've looked after the Goodison Park site in a way that is can only be uh, credited to, I think, Denise Barrett-Baxendale and, and that side of the club. You know, there's a there's a real intent there to make sure that the Goodison Legacy Project is one that doesn't abandon Walton uh, and actually starts to develop and regenerate that area as well. So overall, you know, it's it's fantastic news for the club, of course, but it's great news for the city. The reason I mention commitment they've made in terms of consultation processes in terms of retaining as much heritage on that site as they possibly can, despite the fact that it's going to cost us more to do that, is that, of course, the reason that was absolutely crucial was that we've got this badge in the city called World Heritage Status, which is um, something governed by an outfit called UNESCO. Most of those characters, nobody in our city know. Most of those characters have never visited our city. And incredibly, they have a say on what's built in our city and what isn't. Uh, and, you know, the other great thing that Everton have now delivered, I think, is the certainty 
that UNESCO will now take that badge off us. That vanity badge of World Heritage Status is stopped, I can tell you, with absolute certainty. Literally millions of pounds worth of investment coming into our city has now gone or will go shortly. And for that, Everton should be thanked as well. Uh, because what the club proved was that it didn't matter how far you went in trying to alleviate their concerns. didn't matter how much support you have from your local city. So north of 80% of people who were consulted not once but twice supported the development. Unanimous support from the elected officials from Liverpool City Council. And yet we still have these faceless bureaucrats saying, no, you can't develop that stadium. So the other thing that, as I say, Everton Football Club deserve great credit for is losing us that albatross that has cost us hundreds of millions of pounds worth of investments in the past and would have done so in the future. Because whereas Everton had to go the extra mile because Everton couldn't take their money to another city, we've seen what happened when we tried to move to Kirby. The uproar over that, that was nearly as bad as... Rafa Benitez's appointment, wasn't it, in terms of the objections you got? So, you know, if Everton Football Club um, weren't the people who were developing that stadium, any other private company on the planet would have walked away from that regeneration project because they can take the money to Manchester, to Birmingham, to Leeds, or indeed to anywhere on the planet. So it's great news for Everton in terms of the stadium. It's great news for the city in terms of the jobs uh, and the regeneration that that will create in North Liverpool. But it's brilliant for the long-term future of the city as well because that UNESCO badge will disappear and it will mean that it will be much easier in future for investors to come in and develop in the city. Totally. And I, I, I think Farhad, you know, you can criticise some of the things he's done since he's taken over. You will have to give massive credit to him here for, for getting the stadium over the line. You know, you could, for me, other than maybe obviously the King's Dock projects and that, that's, you know, the most iconic site we could have got, couldn't it, in terms of the waterfront there. Um, we've all seen the images. You know, once that stadium's built, it's going to be absolutely magnificent. And I agree with you, Frank. I think, um, you know, what they're doing in terms of the legacy of Goodison Park is, is, just as, is just as impressive as well in terms of what they're building over there. They could have easily sold out to the highest bidder for houses, you know, supermarkets, whatever. But they're not, you know, they're not, and, and you know, they're, they're leaving a legacy behind there, which should be commended massively as well. Uh, and I do agree with you on the World Heritage thing. I mean, literally, as I said to you before, I mean, how many people, we get a lot of tourists that come into the city, you know, the recent developments with the cruise liners and that, they're not all coming to Liverpool because, oh, we need to go there because it's a World Heritage site. <laughs> you know what I mean? No one on this planet has ever said those words. Do you know what I mean? So for me, it's, it's, it's a massive coup getting that over the line. Um you know, I'm sure we're all looking forward to that first game there because it'll be absolutely electric um, when, we, when we get down to that ground. Uh, and, you know, look forward to the day that that actually happens. Don't forget as well, Farhad this year, he's actually funding the first phase of the construction. It was confirmed um, a few days yeah. ago as well. I mean, I think it was always, in, always planned he was going to fund some stage of the, of the bill, but he's funding the first stage. We, uh, um, the funding for the rest of the the rest of the developments due to be announced very very sure. You think the club are very very close to announcing that? Uh, but again, have you, have you heard anything? Said, Lee, from, I know we can. Sorry, Mike, on that. Sorry, Lee. Have you heard anything? Sorry, Mike, to interject. Have you heard anything about who's potentially fund funders or not? No. I I, I understand. I mean, it's it's only information that's sort of third party, so there's nothing official about this. But I understand there's several. Uh, funded exactly. pots that are interested and why wouldn't you want to invest in, in that you know it's a, it's it's going to be an iconic stadium it's got some great opportunity and potential in and around it the sponsorship opportunity is huge as well isn't it in terms of what you'll be able to utilize that for um but you think of the pitches that are going to be beaming around the world whenever they're playing a premier league game in terms of the marketing boost that liverpool as a city gets you know, you've got that fabulous waterfront, um, that visage, and they'll, you know, go. No doubt, we'll have the um, the 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 um, the boats sailing on the Mersey, all logoed up with Everton. I'm sure the city council and Steve Rotherham will be keen to fund that. 
and uh, and so it'll be great to be great to see the ferries running up and down there as well. But now I don't think the the uh, the finances are going to be an issue. I mean, again, you know, this I, I sort of get this because a long time since we were successful, isn't it? But you know, the one thing that you can't criticise Mashiri for is his business acumen. And as I say, if you look at the record in the way they've approached the stadium development, it's been impeccable. Um, but I still have Evertonians saying to me, oh, but we haven't got the money yet. We haven't got the cash yet. Listen, that guy will absolutely deliver the stadium. You can't guarantee that he will deliver success on the state, on the field, but he will absolutely deliver that stadium. Uh, and for that, as you say, Lee, he and the rest of the board deserve great credit. And the city council, by the way, um, and the mayor that we don't speak his name anymore. Um, you know, Joe Anderson um, was, you know, again, got a lot of stick uh, at the time. Oh, this is, you know, you know it's terrible. It's it's going to be the city council are given Everton this site. And, you know, as though he was giving them some fantastic gift that loads of people were queuing up to develop. Um, so, again, you know, I have to say, um, Joe Anderson deserves uh, a lot of credit as well because he was certainly one of the key players in the early days who identified that site and put together a vision that overcome all the hurdles that we know Everton have had to jump through. And and he's been proved right, you know, because ultimately um, the price was, the prize is worth the price, isn't it? Uh, because when that Bramley Dock development is done, um, as you said, Lee, it's, it's going to be an absolutely fantastic occasion, that first game there, can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be. But what what a what a moment it will be! Obviously, a huge a huge wrench leaving Goodson Park for the last time as well. That'll be that'll be an emotional yeah. an emotional day. Yeah. That's that's for sure. You know the memories that we've all all got from from that ground. You know, um, but then you know to move into the best ground in in the Premier League by by a country mile on a fabulous setting. Uh, Rumours are it's going to be classed as the fourth Greece. Uh, not my words, someone else's. All the reds, all the reds are being in favour of that, won't they? Um, <laughs> but no, but no, you, you can't question Farhad's commitments. You know, in terms of we know he's got things wrong. Argue at this point he's got the management uh, appointment wrong. But he says, you know, I'm sure people are uh, saying saying that. Um, I mean, he will say that it's, it brings stability prior to the move to the ground, and one of the reasons for getting for getting him in was to ensure that that backers came came forward and, and want, wanted to put money into into the build and uh, make ensuring our Premier League status by having a manager who knows knows the league. That that's that's his argument, and we have to take that on board. But his commitment to delivering this ground. Can, can certainly not be questioned and um it's yeah i mean when, when we start to see movements um in and around the docks and we start to see the, the landscape changing and, and work going ahead you know that's that's when it all starts to become become real and and those fish get moved we said before the show started i've seen the same the same fellas being sweet about these fish not being moved and not having a license for the last three months so that can be put to bed uh, they're all going to be going to be moved. I'll get safety. down there with me, Rod, mate. I'll fish him. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Um, so yeah. So you know, real, real positive, real positive ends to the ends of the week this week. Uh, training picks off tomorrow, Monday. Players are back in. Back into a COVID test today. Actually, but they're back into to start start the hard hard work tomorrow. Uh, Jean Philippe Gabamin raring to go. I've seen. Um, obviously, a few of the uh, other players who were still away in international duty, uh, Jordan Pickford doing doing great, doing great for England, which is which is great to see. Dominic Calvert Lewin obviously has upset Southgate, so doesn't get much time, but he's he's there as well. Richarlison, Yerry Mina, everyone probably seen him dancing after scoring that penalty last night. Um, so being represented really well at the moment on the international front, but pre-season back Monday. Um, it's look forward back, to, to seeing. He's meant, he's meant to be. I think there's more chance of uh, me getting a game and, be, and getting tested tomorrow Finch fan than Hammers rocking up to be perfectly um, But we'll see. We'll see. The room, the, the talk is he's he's off. Whether that might be, uh, we don't know. AC Milan's been linked, but uh, you know what? I, I see Hammers back at Finch fan. I well, he's, he, I, I, I mean, don't I want think... to see him live. I want to see him live. He, he, he's a wonderful footballer. And the, it's just so Everton that, you know, we've signed 
you know, okay, maybe he's had his best years, but you know, a world class talent. And then we've still <laughs> in eighteen months, we've not got to see him. You know what I mean? It's just unbelievable, isn't it? You couldn't write it. I mean, you know, you just love to see him play. I mean, whether Benitez could it's water under the bridge, maybe, maybe not. Um obviously they famously didn't really get on at Madrid, did they? So um hopefully we get to see him, get to see his talent on the pitch live uh at Goodison next year. On next season. That's so yeah, let, let, let's hope, like you said, there's been, they, they didn't really get on. Um, and um, we know we came here for, to work with, work with Carlo again. Um, but let's see, let's see what happens. Um, I'm sure there'll be plenty, plenty of activity over the next the next few weeks before we kick off against mm. Southampton. That's for sure. But that's what's done for this week, Frank. Absolute pleasure to speak to you and get your insight uh, as, as usual. Yeah, nice to talk to you, lads. And uh, in Rafa, we trust. <laughs> <laughs> get, get that on a, get that on a yeah. bed sheet mate <laughs> <laughs> well I'll tell you what on a serious note the clowns who did that particularly those who hung bed sheets on the estate that he lived or the street that he lived it wasn't yeah. even the right, the right bleed now um, do us all a favour and go and so, start to support someone else because you're not yeah. wanted as ever yeah I and it had, it, had, it had the exact opposite effect of what they wanted because yeah. when everyone saw that, it galvanised people and people got on board with the appointment. So yeah, yeah. you know, it, it shows you it shows you how poorly thought out that that particular stunt was. And, and you're right, you know, there's there's no no room for that kind of behaviour at Goodison Park. That's for sure. Let's let's get behind them, whether you whether you like them or not. Let's support let's support our team. Um, but we'll be back over the next couple of weeks as as transfers hopefully start rolling in and and say another players start to to be rolled out. And hopefully Pete's back. He's 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 busy with work. He he ensures us. Um, but I've heard I've heard he's he's doing another uh, another topless beach photo shoot. But listen, <laughs> we get more and as more and as we get it. But we'll, we'll catch you in a couple of weeks. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton podcast. Podcast Network.